and welcome to This Isn't Working. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Sean. Hello. Final episode. Yes. So this is episode 10 uh, in season three, and it is the final episode that we have planned. That's nuts. Yeah. How are you? How are you feeling as we uh, conclude our third season here? This season has been such a whirlwind and like such an up and down for us because we just had like way more going on than I think we originally anticipated. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> so it's just been wild. And that's why I'm like, it's almost June for starters. This will air, what, the first or second week of June? Second, second week. Yeah. Well, first full week. It'll, it'll be first the second episode yeah, in yeah. June to air, I guess. True, true. But yeah, it's like these six months have been crazy. Um, so it's been a wild season, but it's been fun. So yeah, I don't know. It's been it's been good. What about you? How how are you feeling? I am similarly. I like can't believe that we're here. And also, this was like, this was the season that we had uh, planned. I think the most. And, and thank God we did. Yeah, because <laughs> we. So for those of you that have been listening like the entire season, sometimes we drop like when. Uh, in in the episode, we say when we're recording it, and we started recording. I think in February, maybe February um, sounds right. Yeah, but, but we then didn't drop nothing... till what March or April? yeah. And I think we had like four episodes recorded by the time we dropped, and now we're recording basically like only two weeks ahead because we had so many things come up where we had to like reschedule yeah. recording or like you had internet issues for a couple of times. Oh God, yeah, since resolved, but yeah, yeah, and so it like. It's funny to me that we were so ahead of schedule and now we're kind of just on it. But like, it doesn't matter right. really. It's just that um, no, it's that just, just means that's a reflection of like how much happened mid-season. Yeah. It really is. And it's a good, it really is a good thing we planned because yeah. <laughs> we would we would be scrambling. <laughs> Especially, I mean, you leave tomorrow for a conference. Yes. Yeah. Stupid early. So like tomorrow is There's shot. No way. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, yeah. Tomorrow's over for you going across the country. Yeah. Well, that's fun. And so we thought we would end on a positive note because not all of our episodes are happy-go-lucky, as <laughs> as you can imagine. Yeah. Shockingly, uh, labor isn't all good news and fun stuff. It's not, no. But we do try to end the season on a, a more positive note. So we, we made an effort to do that again. And because actually we're positive people, we just, this is kind of where our negativity comes out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would describe myself as a positive person. <laughs> that might be a bit of a stretch. And I don't know if anybody who would who knows me would describe me as a positive person. But I think I think you have like more optimism. More positive than yeah, more optimism than negativity. Yeah. Or, yeah, pessimism, yeah, for sure. That makes sense. But we wanted to celebrate on a positive note because not only is the end of the season, but over the summer is year two of the anniversary since we've we've quit our jobs. And we're and so a lot's happened over the last two years. And I think we've said that many times yeah. throughout this season and previous seasons, but re really so much has changed. And so we were kind of reflecting on just the last couple of years in general. We're tied for jobs in terms of number of jobs that we've had. <laughs> um, we both moved some more than once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we've just been doing a lot of reflecting. Yeah. But mostly as it relates to, to work. Yeah, so this is a good time to just kind of like look back not only on sort of um, the podcast itself, but also on like changes in our own work life. And uh, for those of you that have been listening uh, from the start, first off, thanks. Love that. Yeah, really. Thank you. Um, but also you probably have heard the the change in sort of what we talk about. This podcast started out as a way for us to kind of vent quite a lot, um, and it has it has stayed a way for us to vent. Right, right. <laughs> like, let's yeah. not... Let's yeah, not, let's not beat around the bush there. BS right. ourselves. But it's also been a way for us to kind of explore and express some of our, like, concerns about just the state of labor generally. So our first season had a lot of personal stories because we just had so much to share. And we've maintained that, of course, throughout. But we're able to kind of, like, step back and look at, like, broader trends now, Um and yeah, yeah. sort of like what's changing and how and where we're hoping things go. Um, so it really has become bigger than just the two of us, which is just really how like the, the seed of the, the start of things. Um, right. And yeah, so it's it's a good time at the end of the season to just kind of look back on all of those 
changes and um, so we have some reflections and then we have some things to kind of keep an eye on this summer while we're off season. Yeah, really the the main thing we were going to discuss today was just how our relationship with work in general has changed yeah. um, over the last couple of years. Because obviously and it started out really toxic in season one. We yeah, were it was, like it really wasn't so great. <laughs> <laughs> we, that has so been great. no secret. Yeah, it was not yeah. great. I, yeah, I mean, we can just dive into it, but I can't really remember exactly those feelings of, I mean, I can and I can't, you know what I mean? Because I, I don't experience them in my days and days. So that's, that's what's changed. So right yeah. off the bat, you know, don't we were feel... thinking about like what has changed over the last couple of years and that those feelings are, there's enough time between those feelings and where we are now where I don't feel them as intensely as I did in say June or July of 2021. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So uh, definitely the feeling of pain and <laughs> just like so much um, trauma uh, yeah. from the workplace experience has really faded. I think that for us, it will never like go away, but we've talked about like how much healing we've done. And part There's of that some scars is, there. I, yeah, definitely. And yeah. we've kind of touched on that throughout the seasons where like, um, as we've gotten new jobs and we've talked about like positive right. experiences onboarding or having mm-hmm. like reporting to new people and having those be positive experiences, but having um, like we kind of go into it with the old mindset and I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. I haven't done that in a long time. I mean, I've reported to the same person uh, if you listened to, see, was it season two, end of season two? Yeah, that's um, season two, yeah. Yeah, my supervisor was on and I've been reporting to him for over a year now. Uh, so I haven't had a problem, but every now and then I just find myself, uh, well, maybe about a year ago, like when I first started reporting to him, I found myself still kind of like assuming the worst, not because of him or yeah. who he is, but because of what I had been through. And yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm so far removed from that now because I like I I know Ryan and I love working with him for him and it's like it's just a completely different experience um and so now yeah. that's that's been more my default um after you know months and and over a year now of having that be like the person I go to when I need help or when I have ideas or things like that and having had it always be a good positive experience Yeah, I think it's totally reasonable for anyone who's experienced any sort of trauma, but especially in like the workplace to project those types of feelings onto somebody, regardless of what they've said or done. Totally. Um, yeah. And I'm totally guilty of that as well. Um, so a healthy, healthy skepticism almost, which is good to have still. I mean, I don't think that will ever go away. And that's where those, those scars come up, I suppose, you know, where well, we're always going to kind of have a bit of a chip on our shoulder about it, but not, nearly as intensely as when we first quit that job. Yeah. And I talked, I know uh, when I got my first job after we worked together, um, I was like, without really realizing it, I was afraid of this new woman that I was reporting to. And eventually I realized like why, um, and I was bringing all this like baggage from my last uh, reporting relationship. And I ultimately like felt really bad because I was like, here's this kind woman that like supports me and listens to me and everything. And I'm assuming the worst about her just because I'm like, well, that's what a, you know, report T relationship is like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it has nothing to do it's... with this <laughs> kind new person that I really like that I report to. And it has everything to do with, you know, almost three years of that mm-hmm. bad relationship. Yeah. We thought the default was bad. Yeah. Like the, the relationship would be bad. So we had to basically factory reset ourselves here yes. um, because it was, <laughs> there was a lot of bugs in the system. Um, but that's true. And I, I haven't had a bad supervisor since we quit. No, I mean, neither. all of them have been great. I'm on my third one, but they've all been great. Um, and you know, I, I don't have anything bad to say about them, um, or really anybody that I've worked with either. Um, yeah. I mean, there's definitely people that I've enjoyed working with more than others, but I think that's just kind of natural. You kind of find who you jive with at work. But yeah, um, I haven't had any like bad coworkers or coworkers that I um, I think I'm always suspicious and, and not fully trusting of coworkers because I don't know what their agenda is. But I haven't had anybody that's that's made me like alarm bells go off or people that I actively avoid or don't t- say things to intentionally because of X, Y, Z. Whereas when we worked together, there was 
loads of people. You had no idea where people's allegiances were. And it was just like a, it was like a social, like a work social minefield where we yeah, worked it together. Was. It, it really was, was like you couldn't. A lot of personal relationships mixed in with the professionals there. Yeah. And some of them, I mean, I worked there almost three years, as I've said, and there were some that I was like, I feel like I was constantly learning new ones, even though I'd been there for a while. Like I was constantly learning that, oh, so-and-so and such-and-such such actually worked together in this department 20 years ago. And I had no idea because now they don't really overlap and I didn't really know that they like hung out or whatever. But I'm like, oh, well, that's why, you know, now I've got tension with this other person. And so it was just like the whole time I was there, I was constantly finding out these new, as you said, like allegiances and you know, kind of like relationships that shouldn't have made my job harder, but often did. A lot of eggshell walking. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Because yes. there's a lot of just sensitivity and, you know, I think we've we talked about in, in previous episodes, but including the mental health one too, about how badly that impacted our life outside of work. Yeah, it's just, I don't feel like, I don't, leave my desk at the end of the day and have a lot of carryover into my personal life, any negative carryover that is yeah. like we did before. Yeah. I can, I, I work until four, I, I do eight to four and at four o'clock I can, as long as I don't have like a, a weird evening meeting or something, I can close my laptop and just like move on with my life and have like yep. my personal time. As it should be. And I don't need like, I don't need to veg out for hours, which again, like sometimes I want to do, but I don't feel sure, like sure. this is all I have the energy for because I'm just so physically, mentally, emotionally drained from That's the work true, day. Yeah. I like, I go out, I walk my dog, I do yoga, I, you know, we, I bake or whatever, but I just, I have yeah, all this life. energy for the rest of my life, which two years ago was not the case. No. And that's, I think that's what I mean when I can't, when I'm saying like, I can't remember what that felt like as much. Yeah. Um, because we were just so exhausted. So I don't even think our brains were functioning properly enough to preserve memories of that, that you know, probably for the best. Um, yeah. Thank God. Because genuinely there's some days I'm like, I am just going to walk into traffic because this is so <laughs> bad. This is the worst. Um, this is all, I, but I didn't have the energy to even walk into traffic. So no, that would have taken too much effort. <laughs> yes. Too many steps. I know it's funny because I'm, like way healthier as a person now, not only mentally, but physically than it was two years ago. And I've always forgot how connected those two things are. Yeah. Um, not that I've ever really been the healthiest person in the world, but um, just, I would have, I had no chance two years ago, you know, three years ago. There's just no way I could have okay. sustained it. Same. And I just realized this in like, not like a big way, not like life changing, but in a way that like I hadn't, thought of and then it just like occurred to me one day so a little bit of backstory the desk that I have where I work my setup uh, used to be my partner's and mm -hmm. then he ended up in like a slightly smaller space it's a very large desk it's actually like a dining table from Ikea that like okay. the computer <laughs> is on <laughs> right <laughs> and he liked that big spread because he's got like these two giant monitors and he does like gaming and work in this space and stuff and so he was in a place where that setup didn't physically fit and so we we got him like a smaller desk and I took over when I started working from home after the pandemic or during the yeah. start of the pandemic I took that bigger table <laughs> and uh we've just kept that arrangement the whole time even though we've since lived many places where his bigger <laughs> arrangement would have fit but I liked the big one because I have a standing desk unit which I used to uh, like great. have a physical therapy doctor's note for because mm -hmm. when I was when we were working together, I held so much like tension and stress and pain in my body that I like I couldn't I couldn't work comfortably. Like I was always in pain. I went to physical therapy for uh, my back at one point. I went for my hip at one point. I did like months of PT to just like survive and part of that is because i like i i very much hold like that tension in my body yeah. and oh, yeah. i was uh so now we we have this new space and i mentioned to my partner i was like hey if you want your old setup back you actually can have it because like you have the space now and we've just not like rethought the arrangement right 
Yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, I might actually like that. And I said, I've actually been thinking about just storing my standing desk unit anyway because I never use it because I work in such a way and with people that I like, I don't feel guilty if I like have to get up and walk around or something like that. Right. Whereas when we worked together, I felt extremely tied to my desk because our supervisor was very much like, if you are at your desk, you're working, even if you're not. And if you are not at your desk, you're not working. And like, that was her understanding and like way of operating, which was insane. Yeah. Her 1980s mindset of how work works. Yes, exactly. And now like, not she's only. not that old, by the way. I don't know why I made it sound like she was that old. She's she definitely like, not that old. She, she like has that vibe though. <laughs> yeah, sorry. She's very That's like a good point. Yeah. working girl. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, girl boss, girl boss vibes. Hashtag yeah. girl boss. So <laughs> anyway, all, all that is to say that I actually thought about it and I realized that I don't I don't need the standing desk now because I have the freedom and the encouragement. Like my boss, if we like meet for a long time now, Ryan will be like, mm-hmm. go take a walk, like go be in the park, go take your yeah, dog yeah, out yeah. or something like that. So I, I'm able to physically move around enough throughout the day that I am, I am not in pain. Uh, I yeah. don't need to do PT anymore. And I actually, the only time I use my standing desk as a standing desk is when one of my cats steals my office chair and I can't bear to make him move, <laughs> which <laughs> does happen sometimes, but not enough that I'm like, I need to keep this big honking unit and therefore keep yeah, the big yeah. table or whatever. And it just, it never occurred to me. I never reevaluated after two years, but I realized like I haven't used it since I left that job more than a handful of times in the last two years. That's Nuts. And this just reminded me how timely for you to say this, because when we worked together, I went and got a massage and I remember the masseuse asked me if I'd been in a car accident oh my God. because my back was so tense <laughs> and I had to explain, no, that's just, no, that's what just my body does where I work. <laughs> but I went and got a massage last week for the first time in a long time and I didn't get any of that. It was just kind of like, and I was thinking about it as you were saying, I was like, my back doesn't really hurt as much as it used to and that's from like exercising and stuff as yeah. well and doing all these other things which but you now have the I energy definitely don't for correct yeah and like the, the energy to sustain it yeah. you know what I mean like to make it part of my routine and habit whereas before I would have been like yeah I'll do this or I'll go for a run or whatever and like it was very half-hearted and my diet was trash you know all that sort of stuff but I can sustain it and feel healthy and not carry as much of that tension in my shoulders and back. Like, yeah, I still get knots and all that sort of stuff, but normal stuff. Yeah. Nothing like weight of the world stress in my in my back like I used to. That is, first of all, tragic to hear that that was happening, even though, like, I know it, it was really I funny in hindsight. Too, but, like, it's so great <laughs> to hear that, like, that's not the case anymore. You know, it's funny because I think if we were to say all this stuff, now to like HR or somebody there who would actually care. Not that there's many people, if any. Um, I don't know what the reaction would be to them. I don't think they would be able to wrap their head around somebody who had worked at that place having this type of like trauma or stress or f- these feelings. I don't think it would resonate with a lot of people because they've they're very into it. Like very very much have slurped down the Kool Aid. Yeah, and like we kind of talked about in last episode, I think that's quite common in our field and it was definitely like a lot of our colleagues um that we worked with very regularly and just that were in yeah. at, at that institution like it was there was just a lot of loyalty to it and it was like I I agree, I don't think that they could fathom like oh, being here is like physically impacting you in a bad way. Right. Yeah, in a bad way, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it kind of is what it is at this point. But um, and I wish I wish people would have different perspectives on it at that place. But you know, it's, it's somewhere too far gone. Uh, yeah, so. and it's not it's not our problem anymore. So that is the most important thing I think to take away from this episode. Or when we end it, will be <laughs> it's not it's our not our problem, problem anymore. anymore. <laughs> so in addition to being like physically, uh, mentally, and emotionally healthier looking back over the last two years. We're also like in a position where our like work and careers are healthier as well. We're earning fair and reasonable compensation, both in terms of just like flat salary and also the benefits that we're offered compared to two years ago. (laughs) It's funny because obviously for the majority of these 
last two years, um, I was working with startups who didn't offer a lot of benefits and, you know, there's some of that risk and all that sort of stuff, but it was so worth it compared to like the, with the alternative would have been staying. Right. You know, that just, which was untenable. Obviously. No, there's just no way. I can't even imagine what my life would look like if I had stayed there. I just know it would look significantly worse. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. We earn reasonable salaries now. Fair salaries, I would say, especially in comparison to what we were making before. Super reasonable benefits. Yeah, it's just nice to not have that level of stress about those types of things as we did before because we'd get, what, a 1% or 2% merit raise that doesn't even wouldn't even come close to covering inflation especially now yeah and we were you know being gaslit into gaslit gaslighted we were being lied to being told that it was like such an honor to receive a three percent raise because no one else got that i can't remember if we mentioned this on the pod but we've definitely said to each other that we were both they said that to both of us (laughs) and most likely everybody else in the whole division like nobody i remember when I first joined the team that you were on mm. um, after that like transitionary period, I did get a merit raise that year, which was really related to my work from the previous year. And that person, that supervisor was like, literally, I've never seen anybody get a raise. It's like, it wasn't even three. It was like two, per, two point something percent. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've never seen. I was like, you've never seen anybody get a merit raise more than this? Red and flag. at that point, I'd been there for what, like five, six yeah. years. I'm like, this is this is less than I've gotten in previous years. Like. <laughs> Um, I, I got like five or 6% one year, I think. And that was like a big deal, which was like an appropriate amount because it's, you know, beats inflation. But anyways, yeah. And then, you know, after the fact, after we worked together and, you know, after we quit, you had said something that had come up and you had said almost verbatim what she had said to me. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) Do you know what? I think that now that I'm kind of thinking about it, I'm guessing that that was like a way to imply like, so don't talk about this because other people will feel bad. And it's just a way for like the employer to ensure that, or to like ensure as best they can that the employees aren't talking about their salaries. I, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, It never occurred to me that that was very intentional. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wouldn't have occurred to me either, but it wouldn't surprise me if that was an intentional ploy. Yeah. Um, In addition to her, just like trying to make us feel some type of way in some some positive way yeah. you know to 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 build that loyalty even further but didn't work luckily we're not we're not that we're not that dumb, <laughs> <laughs> no we are not and uh i actually so i talked about this i think when um i took my most recent new job which i've had for almost a year wow i know look at me go this is the longest i've been in a job for a while that we i i work for a very established organization but Like in the U.S., things are very new, having staff based here. And so a lot of what our small U.S. team has done is kind of like establish norms and policies for the U.S. team moving forward or in the future or if we if and Mm -hmm. when we hire new people uh, in the U.S. Yeah. And so it's actually been quite cool because, again, very established company, but like our branch of it feels a little startup-y because we're doing some scrappy things and like Ryan has to um, do a lot of like admin work occasionally to just make sure that like all of our states are, you know, getting taxes and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. And so occasionally we have to kind of like stop doing our regular job and be like, okay, is all of our paperwork in order? But we have also gotten to really establish a lot of, or at least have a lot of input on our uh, like benefits and policies. So we um, Mm -hmm. started getting uh, employer-sponsored insurance in March, uh, health insurance. And we were able Mm -hmm. to work through like what a plan for that would look like and what the options would look like and and have some say in that, as well as um, my colleague is expecting. And so we had to like establish a parental leave policy because she's going to need it. And (laughs) we were able to kind of like, you know, aim, aim for the stars on that and provide some input. And we weren't necessarily given like everything that we asked for, but we were, we were reaching. Right. And so we are able to uh, establish like more attractive policies based on like what it is that we 
want and need, but also what yeah. will attract future employees for when it's time for our team to expand. Yeah, that's not super common, I don't think. Not in the way that you're doing. I'm sure like, you know, companies send out surveys about benefits and all that sort of stuff. But in terms of like crafting these types of policies at such a ground level, I don't think that's super common. So it's a really cool experience to have. And the fact that, you know, your input is valued enough to, to have a say in those things, whereas before it would have been some anonymous survey yeah. that nobody was going to read. And I think that speaks to kind of the next point that we mentioned was just that we have a lot more support from our direct colleagues and supervisors than we did before. Yeah. And I had written down here, I would argue this has been the case for all of the six jobs that we've, <laughs> we've had, we've each had three each, not six. Yeah. Each. The, the collective but, um, half dozen. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, even, when we were doing startup stuff, I was doing more startup stuff um, and things were like a bit more of a dumpster fire because that's what working in a startup is, at least initially. Um, you know, everybody was kind of more in it to win it yeah. together. You know, it was, I don't know. I just felt like before everything was so cutthroat and like so dramatic. And for what? It's education. Right. Like, what? Why are we? Why are we stabbing people in the back over education? Right, <laughs> and over like really minuscule things, like it just the the level of yeah. Drama this isn't like excessive high sure. stakes finance or something, you know. Yeah, it really was just like way too intense for for the situation that we were in. Absolutely. Um, so it's nice to have supervisors currently and previously who are. Super reasonable people. I have a great supervisor now. He's a, he's a cool guy. And it's just nice to like, he doesn't stress me out. Like, I don't, yeah, you shared some stories out, where like, he just has like the chillest reaction to things. Yeah. At first I was like, why is this guy so nice? You know, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> what's his deal? But he's just a genuinely nice, down to earth, chill person. Yeah. Like, he, uh, early on in my job, he was like, look, this is not life or death you know so like it's gonna be fine if we need to pivot or do something differently or you know an emergency comes up it's like it's not and it's true though the, the nature of the work i'm doing is not life or death right. it's <laughs> at all so um it's just one of those things where it's nice to have somebody kind of say that um and then back it up by acting that way yeah um because that's not always the case. Because when we worked together, that supervisor was very like... Everything was life or death. I'm, I'm your friend. I'm your friend. Oh, yeah. Everything's awesome. But then when it came down to it, to your point, everything was life or death. Like, you know, it was so two-faced and so terrible. And just... It's not great being in a situation where you can't... At, like, even the have the bare, bare minimum level of trust in your supervisor. Like, you don't have to share everything with them and be friends with them or anything. right but like you have to be able to rely on that person to have your back and and that was not something that we could do no not at not at all not even a little bit <laughs> having supportive uh supervisors and teams has actually it not only makes like the day-to-day -day so much nicer and easier and more pleasant and helps us continue in our healing journey post uh, our work trauma but it also means in a very real way that like we feel more comfortable doing the things that we believe are important uh, as part of work-life balance, like taking PTO, booking vacations and things like that. I think when you're in a toxic environment, it feels, it just feels a little tense. I mean, I know from yeah. very personal experience that like I was terrified to take PTO for a while because of a really negative conversation that I'd had with uh, my supervisor. And it was, it was not okay the way that she responded to my request for earned time off. And for like a year and a half after that, I didn't take any. I, I think I took like one day about a year later and that was it. And Which is not good for no. you or for them because <laughs> um, it puts you in a, obviously, I mean, it's just terrible to not take any time off. But for an employer, it's not good when your employees are like just churning and burning right. like that, you know? Yeah. Even though I think it's really important and I super believe in like taking off the time that you have earned and like not letting mm -hmm. it go to waste, I am personally terrible at actually doing it. So I have a bunch of days off that I need to take before the end of uh, June and uh, 
Ryan is making sure that I do that. He's like kept track. He's made sure that like I know we've been preparing for this conference mm-hmm. all month. Um, so it was like mm. it was not a great time to to take those days off. So that like I'm going to have a lot of days off in June to make sure that I get that time that I've earned Good. back. Yeah. And he's very adamant that like I take that. I deserve it. I don't worry about work uh, when I'm on those days off and everything like that, which again, is all stuff that I believe in and support. And if I were like talking to you or a friend, I'd be like, yeah, take those days off. Like, make sure you get those. But for me personally, (laughs) I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm not like going anywhere. So, but. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way about it a little bit. Power to the staycation. It's very important to take time off. And it's something that I am working on. But it is something that I will be doing throughout June to make sure that I don't lose any of those days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that you, you definitely don't want to lose them. So it's great that you're, you're able to take that time. And even when I first started this new job, my boss was like, I know you don't have any PTO, but he's like, do you have any vacations or anything planned for the summer? And I don't. I don't really have any plans or anything. Um, I was like, no, not really. I might take a day off here or there, but nothing major. And he's like, well, like we can work out, work it out if you need to, blah, blah, blah. So he was like, just, I don't know what that would look like, but just to have him express that willingness to work with me, knowing that initially I obviously wouldn't have a lot because I would be earning my PTO. Yeah. And even just this past week, I this, this past week was week six in this job and I already got approval for vacation time in November. So I'm going away for, I'm really only taking five actual days off, but they were super chill. Like September and October is probably our busiest time of okay, the year. Yeah. Um, and so I had asked us like, are these dates in November? Okay. And there was kind of like a question mark, but he was like, we will make it work, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And then I, the dates got switched and they end up working out even better, but totally cool. He was just like, yeah, no, yeah, no, whatever. No problem. Yeah. And somebody on my team who has quite a bit of tenure, he's been at the company for, I think somebody said like 15 years, uh, but he's on my direct team um, and he, in a slightly more senior role. And he is on leave for like seven weeks almost just six seven weeks that's awesome which like i understand it was a bit of a hurdle for him to plan it out and like get it he had to get special approval because obviously that's a lot of time yeah. on one go but he got it and it worked fine i mean that the world hasn't you know collapsed around us you know he, he, he'll be back in mid june and it'll be fine like that's it's great. really not a big deal yeah. It's definitely more uncommon, I think, in the U.S. to see somebody take that amount of time off in one go yeah. unless they're having a kid. Um, yeah. But I'm glad that it was he was able to make it happen and it worked for him. And my boss has been nothing but supportive and kind of like running support for some of his you know key accounts when necessary. But otherwise, most of it's on autopilot. Yeah, that's great. I mean, just even just knowing that that's like a potential or possibility or that people will work with you is so so comforting really and is. so encouraging yeah. that they really are like living out that value of like their employees managing their own work-life balance and making sure that they get time off and things like that so it's re- it's really great to see yeah. that there are options and that people are willing to like work around even when it's maybe you need to like request extra or like you don't technically have all that time off, but if you've already got things booked, like you need to take it. And my boss already um, has taken quite a few days off since I've started and he is uh, sometime off next week. And then I think he's taking a vacation in June or July. I can't remember. He's also like modeling by doing. So like that, that helps as well because we've, we've obviously both had supervisors that do not take any time off at all. Or they do, and then they subsequently demonize you for doing it. Right. Uh, interestingly, so yeah, it's very <laughs> super very, very normal, very healthy. But but uh, yeah, so that's been a very welcome change. Definitely, I will say. <laughs> and um, I think in in the things that have stayed the same uh, side of the conversation, we are still in the field that we love that we talked so passionately about in last week's episode, and. It took us a, a couple of goes to to feel like we settled into the right place yep. <laughs> this time, but third time's the charm. 
for both of us. Right. And we're feeling really good about where we are and what we do and the I think the like growth potential of our roles and our organizations mm-hmm. and the like all the positive things that we've already discussed about like our team and those relationships and the work life balance and the salary and benefits right. and all that all feels really good where it is now and feels like it has the potential to be bigger and better with time whereas we have talked yeah. about how yeah. In this field, sometimes you can get into a role and just really see a dead end coming soon, whether it be in that role or like one level up or something like that. But I think that both of our uh, organizations and both of our positions um, welcome additional development and change and growth, whether it be for like the position long term or like for us personally. Yeah, that's definitely the vibe I've gotten from my new job as well. And that's not to say like everything's perfect 100%. Uh, It would be suspicious if it was. And obviously, like if I have to work, you know, which I do to live, but I I couldn't really pick a better situation at this this stage in my life for where I'm at. So um, yeah, I'm I'm very pleased with all that. And I do appreciate the growth potential as well, not just for like, from like a promotional standpoint, but just there seems to be an interest in like people continually learning and doing, which is nice because we work in education. So you would imagine that that would be the case, but surprisingly, it's not always, it's the not case. always <laughs> the case. Yeah. Which is a little, it's, um, it's certainly disheartening. I feel, I felt like kind of disillusioned when that first came to like, when I first realized like, Oh yeah, not everyone feels this way about it, even though I thought in this right. space people would. Right. Yeah, so it's great to it's great that we both have that. And already I feel like, well, not even like already, but like this whole time I felt like, OK, I'm not going to be bopping out of this job anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't intend to with this one either. One, because changing jobs is terrible, but it's a lot of effort. Yeah, it is. And I, I there's nothing about future work that I'll be doing that's given me any pause or cause for concern. So that's always a good thing too. Um, and related to that, even like performance evaluations, all the ones that I've done so far have been very growth oriented. And so I just set my smart goals for the remainder of the year, which I was always like a little, and I, I think I always will be a little bit nervous about, Yeah. but it is nice to be at a job to know kind of what they expect and the goals are reasonable they're not super lofty or like unattainable, which is part of the definition of a smart goal. But you'd be surprised. Some people love setting these really insane goals, um, you know, for their employees. But that's not a really good motivator for people. People want to see, be able to accomplish things that, yeah, are not necessarily a cakewalk, but also like aren't impossible to do. And, you know, they can see their their meaningful impact on the, the day-to-day work that they're doing. So, it's nice to be in that sort of position because when we work together, though, I don't even know what happened with those performance evaluations. And in this job, my performance evaluation, um, like these SMART goals are directly tied to like uh, incentive pay. Mm. Whereas when we work together, it was kind of like, yeah, they are totally tied to the <laughs> wink, wink. And and I remember one time being in, and I think you were had probably started working there. We were in a group meeting and somebody was like it's not clear how these are tied yeah together i remember that and the answer that we got was so bad it was like well you know they are technically but not any concrete discussion of of how that was related it was so wishy-washy because they wanted to convey that like they weren't gonna not give people raises which they had always done before but also that like you had to work for them now and or did you like they just wouldn't commit to anything and it was really it was frustrating. Not great. Yeah. yeah. It just reinforced the kind of like mindset that I had where it was like really tied to like how well you were liked. Because yeah. if you recall during that same meeting, I said, what is the process for the review? Which is where it came out that only one person, the divisional vice president, has the final say over not only who gets a raise, but the size of that raise. Yeah. Yeah. Which he's so disconnected. From the entry level employees, right. how could he possibly make that judgment based on one piece of paper? Right. Anyways, um, so it's nice to not be in a position where that's the case anymore because it was frustrating. It was demoralizing. It felt like the work that you were doing didn't really have any tangible benefit to to you individually. Like yeah, yeah you might be able to see how it helps students or helps your coworkers, but like I also have bills to pay. So right, and it's like 
I remember, and I've heard this from like friends and, and colleagues and stuff in the past, that a lot of times the workplace performance evaluation will like force upon you a like personal goal. They're, but it's like mm-hmm. in a way that they're like, oh, they're yeah. trying to say like, we care about you as a person, air quotes. But what they're actually doing is just like forcing you to like tie up your personal life more with work so Mm -hmm. instead of just having like all work-related goals they're like how do you want to grow as an individual human and you're like i want to do that outside of work like i don't want to do that here here i want to earn a paycheck and like not hate my life those are those are my personal goals in the workplace (laughs) and those are the baseline my personal goals outside of the workplace have nothing to do i want to get better at guitar or i want to learn to cook or i want you know like those are my i want to take more time with my friends those are my personal goals and so it's just weird to have those like forced as part of your performance evaluation i don't love that yeah especially because if you were to say like my personal goal is to have a healthier work-life balance. I don't know how well that would be received by your employer. Yeah, if you're in this position where you're being forced to pick a personal goal, probably that one would not be well-received. They'd be like, well, what, what, how is that a growth-oriented thing? It's like, well, I can grow healthier by not working all the time. Be like, no, so, that's yeah. not a good one. Do you remember when, uh, I think... I think we talked about this in an episode, but I know that you and I have talked about it, where we had those SMART goals that we had to set, but I, like very thoughtfully set three or five or however many we had to molded them around the work that I do and my job description and the changes that I wanted to make and the uh, like improvements that I was kind of responsible for by implication. And then my boss was like, yeah, these are the best I've ever seen, like literally so good. Uh, But no. And then she gave me like three goals that had been like shoved down from the top at her for me. And I was like, well, why did I spend like half a day yeah, what was the point? working on this? Yeah. So these aren't my goals. These are your goals. I, and honestly, I don't put a whole lot of stock in the goals anyway. So I always solicit my supervisor's feedback to basically tell me what they want. And then I write them accordingly because there's no point. I mean, as long as I know that I can accomplish them. Yeah. To get the incentive pay, I'm good. And like, yeah, that doesn't mean I don't care about the job or anything. But I kind of think the goal setting process is a little bit stupid. Yeah. And like, and I, I think sometimes it's, yeah. well, I think a lot of times it's very box checky. Like I've had goals where it's yeah, like, for sure. oh, uh, attend this conference or watch three web- webinars or whatever. And it's like that, I feel like that shouldn't be like a to-do list checkbox goal. Yeah, yeah. Like. I should see those opportunities and be encouraged to uh, participate in them because they are useful for the work that I do. I don't know. It just seems weird to like tick the box about it though. You're absolutely right. And that's why it's nice to be at a place now where it, at least there's an attempt to be growth oriented, not so much in my personal life, but in the sense that like, if you do these things, you will improve your overall job performance or learn a new skill that will help you in your job, that sort of stuff, which like I can get on board with as opposed to before where it's just kind of like very, very, very box checking. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that we don't have all of this like work baggage hanging over us all the time has just really like in conclusion really made our lives a lot better both at work and outside of work because now we are not carrying so so. that baggage all day, every day. Well, we are now able to like leave any work like stress or concern or anything that comes up like that or even the good stuff at the proverbial yeah. door when we, you know, shut down for the day. And right, it's really right. helped us both physically, mentally, um, also also emotionally, like all of those facets of our lives are so much healthier now than they were two years ago. So true. I don't want to walk into traffic anymore. You don't want to cry. I don't in your cry car as every much. day. <laughs> I don't for, for work reasons anyway. Right. We don't have to. <laughs> true. <laughs> we don't have to like angrily Google chat each other about getting on to a call so we can true. vent. We're not like screaming anymore. Like just so so much better so true so much better and so it's nice to end this this season on like a really positive note because 
yeah, it's been a wonky season because we've been doing so much, but it's been for good reasons. Nothing like bad was happening this season, which is nice where we had to deal with stuff, but it was just life kept happening. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to wrap the season on that kind of note. But we do have a, a few things to keep an eye on this summer as an FYI. Layoff updates. There's probably going to be more. I don't think as many as perhaps earlier in the year, but I agree. Uh, still something definitely to watch. You know, because I think it's definitely still happening a little bit. Yeah, I uh, I just saw was it last week maybe another big round of layoffs either from Meta or maybe Amazon. It was one of the big tech companies. Yeah, I, I actually kind of remember Meta doing something. I think Meta. It, uh, so it might be it Meta. It flew a little under the radar as compared to like all the layoffs that started back in what was it November? Yeah. Um, and really right. picked up at the start of 2023. It was less. I think it got less attention than those things and possibly because it's not happening as much like mm-hmm. in labor more generally. Whereas at the beginning of this year, right. it was like every day left and right layoff, layoff, layoff. Yeah. So, but keep an eye on those this summer. Cause there may be more, especially as many people uh, end their fiscal year at the end of June. Yeah. So there may be uh, some updates coming. Speaking of end of June, the Supreme Court will like release their rulings and things around that time on some big cases. So we looked through and we didn't see any that were super labor oriented from the information that we could gather. But definitely keep an eye out for any labor related decisions that come down from SCOTUS. I think it's a good idea to keep an eye on everything that comes down from SCOTUS because they are not trustworthy. They are not reliable and big, big changes are happening. Not, not in a good way. Like how many more rights will we lose this summer? Let's find out. You probably more than me just because you're a woman. Yep. (laughs) And I'm already, I'm already down some rights from last summer. You're already down some rights. Scoreboard. Woo! (laughs) We're tied for jobs, but I'm up on rights. Um, <laughs> we laugh so we don't cry. Um, it's true, true. Yeah, so keep an eye on the SCOTUS rulings that are available um, probably in about yeah. a month. Related to that in a way, because the news will certainly uh, make a, a hullabaloo, if that's I'll allow it. About, thank you. Uh, about that, um, those rulings, it's also important to keep an eye on the sources where you get your labor in news. But as we discussed in a previous episode this season, there's going to be articles that you're going to second guess the the intentions of the author. And a quick Google search will often tell you those intentions because the article is written by a CEO or somebody who has a vested interest in getting you to think a certain way. So just a friendly reminder to remember where you get your labor and work news and really news in general from. Yes, absolutely. Even though we hate it, we'll probably see more quote unquote quiet trends that may just like be a thing that we deal with now for the rest of our lives. I hope yeah. not, but we shall see. But keep an eye out for things that are being named and labeled that aren't actually things, a la quiet quitting. Fingers crossed they don't happen. Yeah. And as, you know, the, if you have a pulse, you've probably heard about the the great introduction of AI and all of the question marks around what it means for jobs. I mean... We've mentioned before that there was a, a theory at one point that at the, in this day and age, um, the average American only need to work, what, like 15 yeah, or 20 like hours 15. a week because technology was so far advanced. And now people are like, AI is going to do that for us. I don't think that's how it's going to work. I don't think so. But either. it'll be, I, I think what's going to happen is AI is going to, people are going to become more productive because of AI, but work the exact same amount of time and earn the exact same amount, if not less overall. So yeah, probably keep an eye on AI, especially as it relates to like your own individual job. I mean, our jobs aren't probably super AI heavy, but uh, no, but I knows? can see it. We don't know what it's going to yeah, look like. Yeah, wiggling its way in. I'm... I'm not Very super so. worried because I, I don't think that it's super trustworthy. But I know that, like, for example, you may have heard in the news about the WGA strike that's going on or um, the potential strike that SAG-AFTRA uh, is in the process of voting to uh, approve a potential strike for negotiations or not. And the WGA specifically, and I think the SAG-AFTRA one as well, will include some information or provisions or concerns about AI in their work. Uh, I know the WGA, yeah. I, I don't know all the details offhand, but I've, I've been following this story as it's been unfolding. And I know that they want to make sure that AI won't be used to like make small edits and things like that, or like to write yeah. first drafts or whatever, and really 
really like take away from the work that they do. They want to make sure that right. creative human beings continue to be employed and paid for providing their creativity. Yeah, I have seen a bit about that. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and as it relates to other industries as well, not just writers and editors and the creative industries. But I don't think the strike will be ending anytime soon. But uh, just be aware that, again, we're recording this on May 28th. So by the time it drops, there may be additional information that we don't have right now. But definitely keep an eye on this as it progresses throughout the summer or however long it lasts. I actually saw something that was kind of funny where it said humans got it backwards. It was supposed to be like robots doing all the work while we write like poetry and paint and stuff. And now we're doing the work while these robots are like writing screenplays. And shit. I saw that too. And like, just what, like what a dystopian nightmare. <laughs> it is, that is pretty dystopian. If I'm being honest, like if there, that's a great use of the word in this context. Especially, yeah. I think but... that it is sometimes a little overused, which honestly, like it's warranted because we are living in some very dark times, but that so is that, that like hurts the soul. It really does a little bit, but I've got one more positive note and that's, we're going to drop a bonus episode this summer. Woo-woo! What it will be is TBD. currently unbeknownst to all of us. Um, but we do plan to drop bonus episode this summer during our, our summer break, if you will. Our other smart goal for this summer is going to be related to upping our social media game. Yes. our By actually posting on it yes, by, regularly. By being active instead of just lurking, which Sean and I are more prone to social media yeah, lurking we're, than... We're definitely lurkers, yeah. Productivity. Yeah. Uh, but get back to some content creation this summer. We will drop a bonus episode at some point so keep uh, stay subscribed keep an eye on your feed that'll be coming if you have suggestions for what you'd like to hear let us know otherwise we will uh, continue to be creative ourselves and come up with something and maybe if there are some resolutions or updates on some of these topics we've told you to keep an eye on maybe we'll cover those but if you have anything specific you want to hear about or hear from us let us know in the meantime, review the pod on your favorite platform. Follow us on social media where we will actually try to post more, as we've said. Especially you can be in the know for when our bonus episode drops. Yes. Otherwise, have a great summer. Yes. Happy summer, everyone. Happy season three finale, Sean. I know. It's nuts. Yeah. Better places, upward and onward. Upward and onward. <laughs> Until the bonus episode. See Bye. ya. Bye. 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 Bye.